Hello and welcome to Open Mind GFO Radio. I am your host, Alejandro Rojas, and I am joined by my good friend, Doug Douglas Smythe. Welcome, Mr. Smythe. Good to be here. Good to be here, Alejandro. Thanks for having so me. So some of you may recognize him. He is the co-host of What is Doug Reading, where essentially we talk about what Doug's reading for the week. It's usually some weird occult sort of thing, and it's usually a lot of fun. So that's a Thursday show. We didn't do one next week, but that's because Doug was- We did one last, yesterday. We did one yes, yesterday. What did right? I say, last week? I think you said next I meant- week. We didn't do one next week, which is true. That's true. That is true. Actually, yeah, yeah that is that is true. But which reminds He's always me, right. I do, <laughs> I do have other. I, I'm not always right. I have to uh, a couple of corrections I have to do for the show, actually. Oh. Um, but uh, we didn't do one this week. Yesterday, because uh, Doug was preparing for the next show, which is just going to be that great. I don't know what you were doing. You couldn't do one. I was this adulting, week, but I couldn't I really adulting. either. Yeah, but I, I you adulting. know, I do. If for for people that are watching, we will be still covering synchronicity. Yes, so synchronicity. This will, this will happen. I'm horrible with these cameras, but uh, yeah. So be prepared. It's coming. So we yeah, can plug that. It. So this coming Thursday, noonish. We usually do it. Uh, yeah. live right on YouTube. You can, anybody can come join us. You don't have to be uh, a Patreon member or anything. You can come join us and watch me and Doug discussing these things. Now it's not a UFO show. A couple people have complained no. though. What is Doug reading? But because UFOs are my industry, that's what I do uh, a yeah. lot of, and you have an interest UFOs come up, but Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Usually they they're, do. They're part of my business too, to a certain mm-hmm. extent. So there's that. I mean, for the most part, this is like reading Rainbow meets the paranormal. And if you're yeah. looking for a good book to read at any time, it's probably good to tune into one of these and maybe we can interest you in one because I only read like interesting ones. I swear, I promise. It won't be a waste well, of time. <laughs> some interesting ones, that's for sure. But <laughs> since this is your first time on the podcast, kind of introduce who you are. Like, what is your company and all that jazz? Sure. My name is Douglas Smythe. I'm from phoenixshaving.com. And we, well, geez, uh, simply put, we're a male grooming (laughs) company. However, we incorporate a lot of- You don't do the grooming. I do. You got beard care as well. You groom people? I, well, I don't personally groom people. I don't personally shave oh, okay. men at this point in my life, but you know, <laughs> this week. Um, but yeah, we, you know, and a lot of our stuff is uh, UFO themed, paranormal themed. We try to include some of the, a lot of that actually into the PAA Phoenix Shaving uh, universe. So these themes come up on our sales pages, in the label designs. There's ongoing stories. There's sagas. There's soap trilogies. Even it's a little. It's more than just shaving, is what it all comes down to. And it's again, if you're looking for something different and interesting and uh you know and you feel like you've been shaving the wrong way or hate shaving i can help you Phoenix i know that <laughs> that may sound weird and gimmicky but they, these are that's your genuine interest and this isn't just to My sell passion. the products the products are actually really good too like i use them they're good soaps uh you know straight razors um you know everything you need to shave with uh yeah traditional shaving stuff yeah we're trying to push people away from the cartridge razors and like i mean those are just i have a whole cartridge razor conspiracy i could go into sometime but i mean like we're trying to get people away from that back to traditional forms of shaving which are better for you at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and we do have a ton of ufo news uh some of you have (laughs) already been itching to to ask (laughs) so we'll get to that but one last thing real quick about your products before we go away from it um is that uh uh you're also the mad scientist. You don't go to like 
Alibaba, that Chinese website, and say, hey, this seems like a good flavor or a good smell. I'm going to order that. You actually yeah. design all of your scents and soaps yourself. Yes, we build our scents from the ground up for the most part. Uh, and product formulations are all ours. We're artists and soap makers and perfumers at the core of, of it all. Great. Okay, so let's see. People in the chat. There's Mary and Varys from Germany. Hello, Germany. Ah, guten Tag. Guten Tag. Somebody wants yeah, to I talk do. about <laughs> Nap on Rogan. Um, let's see. Someone uh, wanted to say hi. Hello, Dirk Bone, Bone Steel. Any opinion on the new MUFON head? Yes, I have an article on that. So we'll get all into that sort of stuff. But let's do references, and I'm going to start off by saying something controversial. This is going to be a fun show because it's always fun talking to Doug, but we've got some wow. heavy material in this show. So there's a lot of bittersweet going on. But, yeah, George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell are on the Joe Rogan show, I think, today. And to be honest, that doesn't excite me that much. I'm not a big Joe Rogan fan, so... Uh, it's not like he's a scientist or or we have a lot more exciting people talking about UFOs that we'll be talking about in a minute here. So I'm sorry if that lets people down, which I'm sure it will. <laughs> but my brand is being honest and open with you all. And, and that's my honest feelings. What do, you, do you have any thoughts on that? And you can definitely differ in opinions. Of course, we do. But uh, what do you think? I You know, the only time I ever really watched that show was for Elon Musk. And that was about mm. five minutes of it. I watched, I don't really, I don't care for Joe Rogan that much. I mean, uh, and I, I have nothing against him personally at all. I just, it's not my, not my brand of podcast that I listen to really. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. It's just not my, my, I mean, it is definitely my brand, but it's not my, my flavor, if you will. So yeah. Never but really Jeremy and George, I love, of course, George Knapp is oh, of course. one of my major yeah. heroes. So yeah, Coast to Coast, I'm a huge guys. fan of, of Coast to Coast. I can't get enough George Knapp. So I mean, like, yeah, nothing against George. So if anything, Jeremy, I rode an elevator with Jeremy one time, I think. And, uh, oh, you did? <laughs> At the Congress? Think, yeah, yeah. No. No, where was it? Uh, alien Con? Was no, Alien Con LA? Was he ever at an Alien Con? Oh, was it not Doug alien and I vended but well i was a speaker at the alien cons but doug and i was also vendors at alien con and, and actually that's how we originally met right the first alien yeah. con. our origin story yeah the origin when we when <laughs> they go back when they write the legend when they do the graphic novel yeah get it right guys get it right that would be a good one <laughs> a graphic novel but let's get into uh the other news of the week that i had planned to talk about and the very first one we'll talk about is, uh, and this is bittersweet, and I'm going to actually share my screen here to show you why it's bittersweet. It is sweet because, bum, ba -da -bum, Open Minds TV is back, baby. So I've kind of, there will be, I'm going to admit to you, there will be a little bit of rockiness in the next uh, coming, I would say, week as I'm finishing up transitioning moving the website to a new hosting service so oh, i can have Lord. control and beef it up and make sure that the website is running smoothly but i have kind of configured it uh changed it a bit uh it's going to be definitely more news heavy and it awesome. is you know more towards our credible ufo news and information that's what we do um but here's a bitter sweetness which is that we have to launch with this first news story which is Mutual UFO Network Director Arrested for Solicitation of a Minor. And this was no hoax. This is no conspiracy. But uh, essentially, here's what they wrote about it. And we only found this out a couple of days ago, July 14th, yeah. um, right. because the Huntington Peach Police Department posted this right here, mugshot, uh, on their Facebook page. And they wrote uh, at least this paragraph here about Jan in particular. On July 3rd, detectives contacted a male by the name of Jan Harzan, who is the MUFON International Director. After Harzan solicited sexual activity from a detective he believed was a 13-year-old girl, the suspect solicited the minor to meet for the purpose of engaging in sexual activity. And then the suspect agreed to meet the supposed uh, minor. Detectives were there to take him into custody. Um, at the same time, they released this. They also sent out a press release, apparently, 
uh, that was at least picked up. It was picked up by Vice. Uh, MJ Benias, who's been on this show, wrote the Vice article with another Vice uh, writer. And then Newsweek also picked this up. Jeez. Does he pronounce it Jan or Jan? Jan. Yeah. So you said you, of course, I've met him a lot. I've known him for many, many years back when I was, you know, uh, one of the directors for MUFON. I knew him. It's um, really unfortunate. Uh, and here's the other part. And what I'm, and somebody asked me uh, that, you know, what do I think of the new head of MUFON? And that's what this article is about. And I'm very critical. And here's why I'm critical, because I used to do PR for this organization. In fact, I used to be the official spokesperson. And I think that they've made some major blunders. So here's the adult rest log. And here we go. So here's essentially what MUFON did. And mind you, immediately when this occurred, and I often do this, at least with MUFON, I do this with SCU for, you know, to be completely transparent. And that's about it. Sometimes with right. some friends or people who ask, at least in the UFO field, but I'll send them an email saying my opinion on how to approach this issue is X, Y, and Z. So despite my email, this is what they wrote. In light of recent events, Jan Harzan has been permanently removed as the executive director of MUFON. Effective immediately, he will no longer serve any role in the organization. David McDonald, executive director emeritus, meaning he was executive director for a period in the past, and a member of the MUFON board of directors will now assume the duties of executive director. MUFON remains committed to its core mission, the study of UFOs for the benefit of humanity. This mission is greater than any one person or member of MUFON and supersedes all the other considerations. Uh, we will continue to move forward and focus on our mission statement. Okay, here's my problem with this statement, and I think it's a big one, is I feel, and I'd love to hear your opinion if I'm being too harsh, when something like this happens, a normal response is first to condemn what happened, condemn the allegations, um, uh, well, the alleged heinous crime, and then to move on and say, we've moved someone. I mean, the the way this reads is we're not so concerned about what he did, but UFOs got to go on. You know, we're more concerned about UFOs than we are that our director uh, allegedly committed this heinous crime that he was arrested for. I think that reads poorly right from the beginning, uh, personally. Am I being too harsh? What do you think, Doug? No, I think you're right. I mean, well, that's what we're used to anyways in 2020, especially is yeah. a big apology first and, mm -hmm. or an over a dra drastic overcorrection. <laughs> right. It's just none of that. <laughs> yeah. To make sure people understand this is not okay with our organization. Yeah. And of course it's not us. And they may think that's a given, but it's not a given. And here's why. Here's the other problem. First of all, David McDonald, who's taking over again, like I said, he's done this in the past. Great guy. I love the guy. Very personable, funny. Um, hopefully he'll do a, a great job running it. Uh, I think, which we'll get into, Jan had made a, a few major mistakes in the past. Um, but here's the problem. So this guy, the new director, there was a 2015 Vice article about him. And the article was called Raunchy Tales from oh, the yeah. Pilot of a Mile High Club Plane. The subtitle reads, pilot David McDonald makes a living flying folks around while they get it on on the back of his plane. Um, so, and here's what I wrote. He, the story goes on to interview him, and there's some kind of like shaky stuff in there. Um, not that David McDonald has done, but that people want to do in his plane or apparently have done. There's a story about a dog it includes a dog um, yes yep uh <laughs> but anyway so here's my problem my problem is okay so somebody gets busted your your executive director gets busted uh, potentially for being a pedophile something creepy and pervy and you're replacing yeah. him with a guy whose business i think could very easily be labeled 
creepy and pervy, yeah. at least pervy. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, it gives the impression your organization is ran by creepy, pervy yeah. old guys. Yeah. Gee. <laughs> and, and, and I don't think they are, to be honest. I mean, I know no. a lot of these people. I no, would not the best have people ever. I, I, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I never would have imagined Jan would have been doing something like this. And I never would imagine any of these guys would be, they don't come across really as creepy and pervy, but certainly on paper, they're giving that impression. This is really weird too. So Billy Cox wrote an article about this uh, when back in 2012, when McDonald was taking over um, and he had some quotes and this is in the Miami Herald. We talked about Billy Cox a lot. He's great. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is weird. One of the quotes he got from McDonald was about another controversy at the time, which is they started doing background checks on their field investigators. Smart. Maybe warranted. Yeah, everybody's like, maybe they should have done that for Jan, but this wouldn't have come up, of course. Yeah. But this is what McDonald said, which is really interesting. He said, we weeded out a number of criminals and scam artists and at least one pedophile. Can you imagine sending a thief or a pedophile into someone's house? I don't even want to think about those liability issues. Oh, uh, you're right. That, that, right, that, right. What he tacked on the end there. We don't want to think about those liability issues. It's like, yeah. no. <laughs> so another Newsweek article that you can see here is they wrote about the problems with racist comments. So there yeah, have been recent, some- right? Fairly recent, yeah, 2018, yeah. Uh, John Ventry, the state director for MUFON in Pennsylvania, made some racist comments. Uh, Jan said, oh, there's not much we can do about people's Facebook comments, which, of course, is a weird statement in today's world when people are getting fired left and right for racist comments on their social media. Yeah. Um, so eventually, because people said they were going to quit, he said he fired Ventry. He wasn't in charge of an- anything anymore. In fact... He led some people, including, I feel, you know, many to believe that he had let him go completely. It wasn't with the organization. Right. Well, a gentleman named, a scientist named Chris Cogswell, who I've also had on this show, he joined MUFON. In fact, we talked about this uh, in early 2018. Well, the symposium comes around. John Ventry gets a hold of him and says, hey, I'm running the symposium. I need your information for your talk. Chris Cogswell's response was, I'm resigning for MUFON. You told me this guy was kicked out. He obviously wasn't. Now you have him running the symposium. I'm out of here. So Newsweek wrote about this, but then even more recently in the past few weeks, this Kem Pfeiffer guy, who is a state director for uh, several states, has made some racist comments. And... I mean, this comment right here reads really poorly, and I'd love to hear what you think about this one, too, is regarding Black Lives Matter. Holy S, explicitive. I would have picked their cotton for them if I thought it would end this BLM racist madness. Uh, it's unacceptable. <laughs> I mean, like, no, it, it is. <laughs> it's unacceptable. I mean, like the, you're right. Old white guys is what I'm getting from all of this that don't exactly. care. They don't have compassion and they can't relate to anyone else. And that's troublesome when it's MUFON, you know, <laughs> you gotta exactly. You gotta understand what people are saying, what they've been through, especially what you gotta be empathetic. I mean, like, and compassionate towards people. That's, that should be the golden, uh, the number one thing about being a, <laughs> Having any involvement with MUFON. And here these guys are just, they just don't get it. And why so, is that? I don't know. That's, that's the question. So they, well, I do know somewhat. They, oh. The board has not addressed either of any of this at all. Um, when it comes to this one, this last racist event, Jan said, I don't see anything racist on his Facebook. When people right. had asked him what, and so these people with these racist comments, first of all, are tolerated. One that shouldn't be the case, and there's no consequences, at least from yeah. unless extremely forced uh, for their actions. Why? Here's my translation as to why. John Venture gave Mufon a lot of money, and he's a very uh, vocal person. Um, right. These, you know, people are bullies. And Jan was very bullyable. 
He was not the type of leader who sets the pace. He's the type who, if you complain and you bully him into something, you could get something done. And I'm not the first to say this. Many people knew that of him. He was a nice guy, just not the type of guy. Well, you know, that he, he was easily bullied. And I think that's what's happened, that these, they're afraid of losing these people uh, because they help and they are afraid of these people in general. So they've been yeah. bullied into this this leadership at MUFON. There's a lot of people at this these different state levels that are racist, that are bullies, that shouldn't be in leadership positions for an organization like this. And I think that the board or these people think, oh, people don't know that we're not like that. They don't know that. And the message you're sending out is you are like that. You're the exactly. grouchy, racist, sexist, old creepy men that run this organization and that's the impression you have to fight against um especially when that's not accurate and i don't think that is accurate there are so no. many good people in mufon a ton of them uh you know that we both have attended you know we're friends with the arizona mufon people who are just incredible wonderful yeah great people and diverse but evidently that doesn't reflect MUFON as a whole and I think it's this is a great wake-up call for MUFON that needs to be more diversity in there especially in leadership positions and it needs younger blood yes that too and you don't attract younger blood uh, like I said in my I just imagine with all of this going on racist comments creepy pervy stuff to be a young woman interested in being looking into UFOs Oh yeah, total. Turn or off. to be a young colored person, or uh, you know, uh, yeah, a total turnoff. It, it's a total disconnect with understanding, understanding your audience or the room or the audience you Our want. Lack of lack of understanding. Yeah, exactly. I and that's I can totally see that. I totally get it. And something needs to change drastically, especially. And this maybe it's this time this that we're in right now that's snuffing all this out. But I mean, we just went through the Me Too movement. Black Lives Matter. I mean, we're seeing this. <laughs> it's, clearly, it's time. And MUFON doesn't seem to still get it. that they, they need to take responsibility for this. And there are some comments here. Uh, so Dana said she'd like to be an investigator. And uh, oh, yeah, MUFON could possibly still do good work, but they need to do better. True, true. She also said, to be honest, I feel like only people who are already interested in UFOs know about MUFON. I think that a lot of, there's a lot of truth to that too, which is in my opinion, a failing on their part uh, in the last yes. few years, as far as huge. And then, um, so those are, and then Cameron says MUFON is, uh, should end. It's old and outdated. Uh, I don't know. It's it's really tough. We'll see what happens. But um, <sighs> I th I think there's a lot of potential for MUFON still. I think there's still a lot of good to do. It just needs a revamp and maybe a facelift here and there. It needs younger. It's like classical music to a certain extent. Getting younger people interested in classical music has always been a challenge. Yeah. It's, it, it's like that with MUFON. MUFON, I mean, God. And that's that a kind alone. of good thing. Things I could do with it. <laughs> classical music uh, was created by a lot of Old, aliens like creepy men <laughs> creepy pervy men too so. yeah no no doubt all right so let's look at other news going on out there because there is other important news and to do that we will look at i'm going to change what i'm sharing here ba, ba, boop, 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 boop. this is my sharing tab music because this is exciting we're going to talk about marco rubio oh watch this Marco Rubio is oh, yeah. not necessarily my favorite topic, but watch what happens but, when I do this, Doug. You watching? I'm watching. Okay. Not this, but this. Look at the balloons. Oh, uh, yeah. Balloons. Every time I go to my profile, oh, you I know why? Balloons. It's because it's Twitter anniversary. loves me. <laughs> It's because Twitter loves me so much. Wait, but this has only been happening today, correct? That is true. Are you debunking yeah. my theory about Twitter loving me so much? That's what we do. That's what we do, man, my friend. <laughs> See, I'm perfect for MUFON. I have what it takes. They need to put me in a leadership position there. They do. The they hat. do. So, <laughs> so what is your theory as to the balloons? Mr. I think Smart it has guy. to do with your, uh, your self-anniversary. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's my birthday. It's his birthday today, ladies and gentlemen. It's my birthday. <laughs> ba -do -ba -do. 
Some people already noticed that. They're like, Did they? it's your oh, birthday. They oh, but anyway, this is, uh, so Marco Rubio, the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee. The Senate Intelligence Committee right now is asking the military, uh, many military organizations to produce UAP reports. They're like, hey, from unidentified, the New York Times article, all, everything to the stars has been telling us. They've been bringing us Navy witnesses. Uh, and now the Navy's admitted you guys have been investigating UFOs. You've been telling the public you haven't been investigating UFOs. You are too. And you haven't been telling <laughs> us about it. And we're the Senate Intelligence Committee. You better produce some reports that are not just full of classified information, but information you can sell with, share with the public. And Rubio's ahead of this guy. So this guy in Florida, uh, Florida CBS, Miami CBS, he, uh, Jim, Jim right here, the Fede, I guess is his name. He asked Marco about UFOs, and uh, so there's a video online, and this is on my Twitter here. You can see that uh, Marco Rubio is answering it, and he took on the question. He did not shy away. Uh, one of his quotes is, the bottom line is if there are things flying around your military bases and you don't know what they are because they are not yours and they exhibit potentially technologies you don't have at your own disposable, that to me is a national security risk and one we should be looking into. And the way he he said it and um, is or when he said this, it was kind of funny because he shrugged like, duh. And, yeah. you know, I've always felt that I it's been one weird thing that I felt. And this is what got me involved with all this is that if there are things flying around, you don't know what they are. Wouldn't you want to know? As a exactly. MUFON field investigator myself, I'd call the FAA. I'd call, you know, uh, the Air Force. They'd be like, nah, we don't care about that stuff. What? That doesn't even make any sense. That seems so irrational. There's someone walking into my house with flowers. Ooh, do you know them? <laughs> do I know them? <laughs> I yeah, feel like I those are the, gate, the gatekeepers, though, that are answering the phone at these these places. You know, they're, they're there for a reason. Well, I think they really... And in some cases, though, they really just didn't care. It's too weird. And they're like, oh, I don't know. But I mean, um, yeah, I, go, I guess when I say point, gatekeeper, I mean that, too. I mean, there's that there's there the un <clears throat> uninitiated gatekeepers, if you will, is what I mean. Mm, they they mm -hmm. don't need to know that it's on a need to know basis. And that's something they just don't need to know about. And, you know. Mm. Yeah. So I suspect big, that anyways. I think you're right. So big story. It's kind of cool because uh, one of the articles I'm working on, given my interview with Chris Mellon um, recently, is uh, how motivated are these Congress people to get answers? And I think they're pretty motivated. And I think this uh, comment from Marco Rubio is evidence of that. So I think that's terribly interesting that they're all of a sudden like it's okay for them to be like, hey, tell me more about those UFOs. And which is so strange because it's only been like that in the last few years. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm suspicious of this. Oh, you are. How so? I just, I mean, why the sudden interest? Why is it okay to talk about this publicly now? Why the New York think, Times article? I mean, like, what is going on? Do they think we're I, ready now? I mean, like. Well, I think that the term they is where you go astray, my friend. <laughs> oh, you're is, all about the they thing. Because uh, they is a loaded term. And when you're, you, you need to qualify they. And the they's are the government. often, yeah, but the government, that's a, okay, great point. But the government is not the government. I mean, the government is a bunch of different organizations that all work separately from each other very compartmentalized lots of stovepipes uh which yeah. is essentially you know all these different people working on their own thing um which is a whole problem the senate is having so i don't think there's the they who are the they and that's a great question right there and um the they are uh, chris mellon and louise elizondo essentially Luis Elizondo f investigated UFOs, found there's something to them, a story that we've re seen over and over again. So, for instance, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, skeptical about UFOs, looks into him, sees that there's something legit there. Um, Nick Pope, skeptical, works for the government, looking in, sees that there's something there. Uh, Luis Elizondo, same story. 
And he wanted to get that information up. He finds Chris Mellon, someone who's plugged in big time, worked for the Senate Intelligence Committee, worked um, at a national level uh, with the Congress people, had insight into the black projects. I says, I'm going to help you. We're going to get this up the ladder. They don't. They can't get it up the ladder. Nobody's listening to them. So they hatched this plan to go out into the public, sell this story, force the government to admit that they've been into this topic. And there's a lot of people that take it way more seriously than um, anybody believed, uh, which they do. They get the New York Times story. They get unidentified, forces the Navy to come clean and say, okay, yeah, we're backing our dudes. This is all legit, which then sets up that kind of legal framework of for the Senate to say, hey, you're admitting that you have this program. You haven't told us about it. Your job is to tell us about this. You better start talking. So, I mean, that's kind of the scenario that gets us where we are um, now. There's certainly people on the inside who are pushing against this. Pentagon Public Affairs, another article I'm working on, has been heavy on the pushback, so much so that they've lied. They've given false information about Luis Elizondo and, and his actually doing this stuff. Um, right. We have the Navy being more pro, pushing this along. So we've got all these factions inside, some trying to hold it back, some trying to push it forward. Um, So I think it's just really complicated. Not necessarily. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm wondering why this is what makes this one more credible than any of the others in the past that have tried to come forward and then been discredited. I think that... Like, that's what I'm concerned about. Like, why are they... And when I say they... The certain figures in government, why are they allowing for this? It seems like it's an allowance now, like something's going on. I think it's just, it's, there's enough. For instance, here's my experience in this field. There's always been this concept of they, they won't let you get information out. They won't let you do this. They won't let you do that. I'm not the type of person to care about what they allow or not. So what I found is, especially like in that position as spokesperson to move on or in this position, and I would say, and I'm not even saying this to toot my own horn, but I would say, because uh, I've got a list on my blog, Open Minds and my articles have been referenced in mainstream media more than probably a lot, like a whole lot, dozens and dozens and dozens. How does that happen? By feeding credible information. Everybody wants credible information to demonstrate their interest in this field, but that's not what they're given typically by UFO researchers. They're given dubious, fringy, wild things that pseudoscience that often cannot be substantiated or or just as incredible. And nobody's going to put their neck out there. So what are you going to do, especially the media? You if it's not something they can substantiate as credible, which gives them a pretty good scoop, they're going to make fun of it. And so every time that's how, that's the secret of our success or has been to give them credible information. They can truly stand on. And not a lot of people understand what is credibility. You really need experts expertise. It's hard, but in this Nimitz case, there's an abundance of it. We've never had as many military witnesses, jet fighter pilots coming forward on the record, um, along with documentation and, uh, you know, government insiders who have investigated. So that's kind of the perfect storm that has come together. We really haven't had that so much um, to, to really spearhead. But no doubt also... Uh, cooperation from higher ups, you know, leaders, especially in the Navy in this case, um, that have been able to wanting to step forward and some of Lou's colleagues who were shy at the beginning when he came out, but have been warming up to, uh, committing to, um, pushing this all forward. Right. Right. Well, I'm curious to see where it's going. We're definitely living in exciting times when it comes to this sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Amen to that, brother. So what's the next (laughs) news piece? Oh, so this is another exciting one. So much exciting news, Mr. It really is. (laughs) Mr. Doug. So here's the next one. Good buddies over there at the drive. 
Um, so this story is not just from Tyler Ro- uh, or, yes. um, from the drive, the war zone where Tyler Rogaway is usually the guy writing these. In this case, it's Brett Tingley. Um, but he had help. And this story is, well, um, newly released FAA documents give unprecedented look into Colorado, Colorado drone swarm mystery. This is such a weird story. And this is great. So they did this investigation and uh, shout out to Douglas Johnson, who got these documents. Douglas Johnson is also part of the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies, which I talk about a lot because I'm I'm part of that organization, helped start it. A great group of of science-minded people um, looking into this topic. But he got a bunch of documents via FOIA. Oh, yeah. Regarding these drones uh, that were in Colorado, a bunch of them, you know, they made news stories a while ago right. and people didn't know what was going on. You may be saying, Alejandro, what do we care about drones? Get it together, man. Um, quit being such Well, this I'm was like a mothership, right? This was a mothership and then smaller drones. Yes. Right? Yeah. So they're describing all of these bunches of drones. A lot of these witnesses say these were drones where one of them was a mothership, a, like six yeah. by six, uh, with a lot of smaller ones flying around it. Drones don't have motherships. They were saying that at some pl- some instances, they were flying for two to three hours continuously. Some of these wow. um, people who have seen them are are law enforcement. And this is a great paragraph here. I'll just read this paragraph. Even top FAA officials invoked the term UFO on at least one occasion. On December 31st, 2019, in an email from FAA Administrator Steve Dixon to FAA Chief of Staff Angela Stubblefield, Dixon observed that not too long ago, we would have called these UFOs. Um, and Stubblefield said, yep, now everything is a drone. Drone. Which that, kind of makes dis- sense. Disinformation, you think? or I mean, No, I don't think it's disinformation because I would do the same. Like, for instance, I do this all the time. I saw a satellite, comma, but. And the reason being is that I can't say it's not a satellite, but it did some strange things that satellites right. don't normally do. In this case, they're saying essentially that. We think they're drones. But there are some things that they're doing here that drones don't do. So they're essentially admitting here, we're saying drones, but really we don't know what the heck they are. They're UFOs. That's terribly interesting because, you know, flying in the air for a couple hours. Yeah, I want that battery pack. (laughs) 20, 30, 50 of these things at one time. Um, yeah. the, some, in some cases they, they said all of them were six feet by six feet. So pretty large for a commercial drone. That's for sure. You and I both have a drone, pretty awesome ones too. And Same drones. Yeah. They're six inches by six we have, inches. We have dr- drone clones. <laughs> <laughs> drone babies. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, so, this, I mean, does this parallel, you know, honestly, now I think about it. Um, what about the Washington DC incident of 1952? That happened, I think this this week actually. Back in Washington, yeah, in Washington D.C., 1952, UFO <laughs> incursions over the Reagan National Airport took place throughout June and July. In there one instance, in oh, you've heard of late it. July, the uh, the Project Blue Book investigators exactly. heard that they were being seen over Na- over Reagan National Airport. They raced to the scene, took over the control tower, witnessed the objects themselves, scrambled jets. As before, when jets got to the area, the objects took off. Although one jet fighter said in a previous instance, he chased one of them and just outmaneuvered him. Very similar to the Nimitz incident, very similar to many, many incidents documented by governments around the world. So yeah, you're right. But this, and this was is the not- anniversary. This is the anniversary yeah. this week, right? I mean, it started on, yeah. I think it was the 17th or somewhere around there. It started in June. 14th? Um, and there were other places they were seeing these. It was actually uh, Rupelt, 
the guy who wrote the book who gives the best details on this called it the uh, UFO summer. Um, he, you know, there were, I guess, a lot of UFO activity in, in the summer of 52, which is the beginning yeah. of Project Blue Book. All of this helped create Project Blue Book. Of course, right. there were prior UFO investigations to that that started in Well, they got the information. But what, I what I understand, Project Blue Book got the information later. Like, they learned about it from the newspaper, I think, right? Like, no, they were there. They did learn from, they were there? from the oh, newspaper. Okay. But then, um, actually, uh, this is kind of a funny story. Rupelt was out there in D.C., but ah. because of bureaucratic, bureaucratic bumbling, he was sent home back to uh, Wright-Patterson, Chicago, even though he wanted to stay in D.C. because of, they were in the middle of this flap. So when Project Blue Book took over, even though he was the chief, he wasn't able to be there. Um, so, okay. But he still documents what he heard from everybody. What a one to miss. Yeah. Somebody, John Smith is asking, so what's the breaking news? I'm not sure if you've been watching the show. If not, you'll maybe need to remind, rewind, but there's, we've covered quite a bit of breaking news. And I think we have more breaking news too, right? Let's see. We can, we can make some up if we, I mean, yeah. we don't do that on this show. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> Just kidding. So, okay, are those the big three stories that we had? Oh, no, there is one more story. This one more story is the Dirds. Uh, yes. So, essentially, um, this is something that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, there were, uh, when it came to ATIP, uh, what well, was actually OSAP. So maybe I'll go over that whole thing too. I'm, I'm trying to look for the acronym to DIRDS because I can't remember what it is. Could Maybe you look that up while I explain this to people. Sure. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> look at Doug's research, research face there when he's got his. But anyway, uh, the OSAP, which was the Advanced Aerospace Weapon System Application Program. That was a program that Harry Reid started that was funded by the government in the Pentagon to research really Skinwalker Ranch and a lot of paranormal activity. Uh, religious factions inside the government didn't want all of that research because they thought it was demonic. Uh, so that's when Elizondo and, and others decided, that's when they brought on Elizondo about this time and to focus on military UFO cases. And they had figured there's no way they're going to allow us to keep doing this other stuff. So let's just keep focused on military UFO cases. And that's what they did. They called this program ATIP and that's how it continued. But one of the things that OSAP was supposed to do was create a set of documents. And these documents, they uh, hired a bunch of scientists to write a lot of documents regarding various uh, different topics and did you find what DIRD stands for? I did, yeah. Defense Intelligence Reference Document. There you go. Dirt. Great, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So George Knapp at mysterywire.com just released a few more because we haven't seen them all. And uh, a lot of these, you know, refer to uh, different types of cutting-edge technologies. Now, we've heard from the insiders like, like Elizondo that these are technologies that they relate to UFOs, properties of UFOs. If you've seen the show Unidentified, he calls them the five observables. But that's the sort of thing that is in these. Um, one of them does refer to UFO cases. This one was called the Clinical, Medical, Acute, and Subacute Field Effects on Human Dermal and Neurological Tissues. And wow. uh, in that, they kind of talked about the effects UFOs have had on people medically. But these new ones that were released are, uh, let me read the titles, Metallic Glasses, Status and Prospect for Aerospace Applications, uh, Material for Advanced Aerospace Platform, and State-of-the-Art and Evolution of High-Energy Laser Weapons. So makes sense, right? These are uh, exotic materials being used for aerospace applications, the future of the materials used for these sort of things. So cutting and material technologies and of course, lasers, any good UFO is going to have to have a laser um, or else. And that's you where know. you, that's where you win me over. It's like cults and jumpsuits. You got jumpsuits. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. 
jumpsuits and which reminds me uh of the space force this is another piece of news uh i haven't seen their jumpsuits which are probably pretty cool but the space so. force they're calling their people if you've watched space force the television show which i think is pretty funny they called their their people spacemen even the women uh, which was kind of a running funny thing in but the in show? reality in yeah reality? in the oh, show okay, okay okay in reality they're calling them deltas which is a kind of interesting so Why not I don't know. They're a delta. I, I'm not, not sure about the logic They're behind just it. Going straight to yeah. Okay, I'd like to know what that. So you'd be a delta if you had that cool jumpsuit and uh, laser yeah. gun. Okay, as long as it looks and like the others, was, like Lost style, you know. The, those are good. And there was oh, somebody said, "Dirt." They had their own. Douglas is really defensible. <laughs> <laughs> Me, well, I like defensible rather than defensive. But they say a smart dude. <laughs> Shucks. Thanks, Mark. So, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Another space story, uh, Space Force story out this week, too, is that they're talking about training for military exercises on the moon, as if, so, like, which is another scene from the TV show, actually. That was pretty funny. But um, they're going to be training. For, like, I know. <laughs> That they're going to train like if they're at a moon base and they have to attack another moon base. So that's kind of funny. You know, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm, struggling. I'm, I just, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Either, I know. Have they already been doing this? I mean, are, are they already there, do you think? I mean, that, no, I don't think have? so. I think they're still hiring. So. But the Navy, oh, are they already? About back in 1991, wasn't, I mean, originally, the talks of the Space Force goes back, what, almost 25 years now. Oh, right? yeah. Well, we had a Space Force. We had Air Force Space yeah. Command. Um, and this group is essentially the same group. Uh, it's just now in, in its own now branch. It's public. In fact, yeah. Well, it was public before, but it wasn't as public. I mean, right. they didn't make a big deal out of it, but it's been around since the 90s. And it's kind of funny because, you know, I would mention that to people. I love to put that in my talk. Yeah. U.S. Air yeah. Force Space Command. And people are like, what? You're not making that up? No. no. We had a U.S. Well, Air Bush Force Senior. Space Command. I think George Bush Sr. put that into to action, right? Yeah. So, well, I mean, part, yeah. this is the same group. The concern has been, are they spending enough time and money uh, protecting our satellites? It's a corporate thing. Everything's driven by corporations and big money. Right. And the U.S. corporations have way more satellites than any other country um, and, but everybody's developing anti-satellite weaponry, uh, and Russia and China have been very vocal about their uh, efforts in these areas. So now everybody's like, protect our satellites, protect our satellites. And, you know, we do heavily rely on them. So, uh, Star that's kind of the impetus behind all of this is, uh, to spend more money, uh, on protecting our satellites. And that's, and we've got the space force for that. Now the air force was saying, we're doing fine. We got this covered. But there were others inside the government who felt like, no, we need to spend more money on this. And, and uh, so they created- That was Donald Trump's for- idea, wasn't it? <laughs> well, the name maybe, but because it went back and forth, they called it just Space Command for a while. Right. But right. The, the whole idea behind doing this was not his idea. He just no. made it happen. He did make it happen, though. So. And he, 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 took, he claimed it as his own, you know? Yeah, he's kind of claimed it. That's true. Kind of claimed Space Force has a lot of history. He's a claimer. Yes. He's a claimer. So, uh, in final news, is the UFO Congress that the tickets are up now, so you could register for oh, the I UFO saw Congress. That. I saw that. I got in the fact, let order. me show people the website for that because we have a lot of great speakers already signed up. I say we. It is we because I help do this, and it is my. Um, partner, my significant other, who you all know, uh, Karen, sometimes shows up behind me in some of these shows. But uh, yeah, the tickets are now open. It is going to be a live streaming event. It's going to be September 9th through the 13th. Here's Karen talking about it here. There's our little alien buddy who's actually behind me around the corner here. But uh, let's look at the speakers. So it is live streaming. However, uh, we have this really cool platform that's very interactive. It allows you as 
guests actually as soon as you get your ticket you can get in there and start exploring and messing with stuff like you can create chat groups uh you can create uh chat like conference calls right in the app so let's say you know so you can talk hey you know if you have a group if you're a mufon group you know you could say you know uh arizona mufon here's our chat group and we're going to join and do a conference call to talk about you know what are you going to go see or what are you excited about or Hey, did you watch that talk? My favorite talk was this or that. You can even meet at lunch every day or something. So that's cool stuff. And we have virtual vendors. Hopefully they'll see you in our virtual vendor area, Doug. And you'll be oh, able to like do little shows. Like you'll be able to do a conference call where I'm like, I'm going to show off my products today and how cool they are and all my crazy UFOs right. um, pictures and stuff. That so We've got Nick Pope. We've got Stacy Wright, who's head of Arizona MUFON, and uh, Marianne Robb, a good friend, a uh, police officer out of Gilbert, uh, but she is also a field investigator. So they're going to be talking about doing UFO investigations. Travis Walton, I think we have every year. Brian Bender, so that's a that rare picture. one. <laughs> I think he gave us a newer pick. No, well, no, I don't know. Travis doesn't change. Travis has looked like that for the last 40 years. <laughs> I know. This is a good one too, Chris Bloodso Sr. A lot of people are really interested in him. Um, uh, Linda Zimmerman, always great. Adip Prasad, our first time. He's a very interesting kid. David Marler, and this is, I'm going to be interviewing uh, David Marler next week for Den of Geek. We'll do a live stream like this so you guys can join us and ask questions. What's uh, the big deal with David Marler? Where he's going to be talking about UFO burn victim cases. And oh. he is an amazing researcher. He understands credibility. And what's amazing about his talks is he brings more credibility to these cases than you could have imagined because of his deep research. And he's going to be on Unidentified this weekend uh, talking about triangular UFOs, which is his expertise. So he'll be on Unidentified this weekend. We'll talk to him next week about that experience. Chad Lewis, Yvonne Smith, Tim Brigham, all different UFO researchers. Uh, Lori Rayfeld, uh, she's a retired major in the Army who was actually at Rendlesham. She had a sighting before the famous Rendlesham Forest experience. She'll be talking about that, and I'll be emceeing as usual. So, yeah, International UFO Congress tickets Is are she British? Up. Is she British, or she was no. she? Uh, you, okay. She is an American. Okay. And then finally, some sad news. So ending, I told you this would be a bittersweet show and some seriousness. Sad news is Marianne Robb, who you see there, her picture, uh, she helps us with the conference and has for a long time. She, um, Her husband also helps, Don Robb, who uh, was a retired fireman. Um, you might have seen him ran, running a camera at the UFO Congress if you were there. But unfortunately... Uh, he passed just recently, just about uh, a couple weeks ago. So I'm dedicating this show to Don Rob. He's a wonderful person, a lot of help, and the Congress is not going to be the same without him. So thank yeah, you so Don, much. It's very sad. Yeah, but thanks to Don for everything you've done, and I uh, hope you're you're well wherever you are. Yes, but thank you, Don. That is the show. Um, let's see if I, if you guys have any questions, get those in now. Otherwise, we're ending the show, and I'm going to read a couple comments. Some Dirk Bone still says, if some jerk blasts a few satellites, the little parts would destroy others for decades. It's a real fear. That's, that's the big problem right now, is that uh, that's why we have to be on top of testing. It's also a lot of diplomacy goes on with this because you have to convince other nations not to test. Um, in fact, there's a famous test. I think it was either China or Iran. I think it was China where they blew one of their own satellites to bits. And some of these pieces are now in orbit, the same orbit as the ISS, which poses a great danger because uh, you may have heard, you know, even a bolt, they travel at such yeah. fast speeds Velocity. around the planet yeah it go right through the international space station and potentially through an astronaut. So yeah. it causes uh, a lot of danger. So. Yeah. Humans. Some other guy. Uh, let's see some thank yous. 
Hey, I made a reconstruction of Lori's siding at Rendlesham. How cool. I made it with her personal help. That's so interesting. So Rodrigo, oh, I can even show this. Hey, Rodrigo, Rodrigo. Vieiro, he's in our here quite a bit. He joins us at the the What's Doug reading too. Um, yes. A lot of times. But how, this is a synchronicity, Doug. This is a topic of our next show. It just makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> really, well, the universe is functioning through this show right now. Wow, this is so. That yeah. is so interesting that you did. That is work very cool. That is really cool. So thanks for sharing that. All right. Um, there was no Reagan Airport. Yeah, there. Well, no, you're right. It wasn't the Reagan Airport, but it was a Reagan uh, Airport. It was called the National Airport. Um, but it wasn't National. called. Yeah. Yeah, Washington National. That's before it was called the Reagan Airport. So there was an airport there. It just wasn't called the Reagan Airport. We're getting fact checked today. <laughs> fact check me. Oh, that does remind me. I have a couple of corrections. So I did say in the past that AFOSI, the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, did not uh, was a law enforcement agency and that they didn't uh, get involved with intelligence or counterintelligence work. I was corrected. And I was corrected by a couple individuals. Um, one through the website and one through um, Patreon. And at least one of these guys knows his stuff. He said, I, I even have to, I even used to hire these people. And this is a guy I oh, do wow. know wasn't intelligent. So I believe him. So I guess they did do some intelligence work. Also, I made a mistake uh, when I talked about, oh, the AFIO, when I talked about that with John Alexander. I was talking about how has to do with these Wilson document things about how John Alexander knew these guys who supposedly brought Wilson in and it wasn't part of the AFIO. Uh, Colonel John Alexander confirmed with us and he said, I, he thinks he would have known if those two guys brought him in, but he doesn't Whoa. think they did. Now the, the argument was that the notes don't say they brought him in for I AFIO, but for some other organization, they were, these two gentlemen were ran the AFIO but they didn't bring him in for that. They brought him in for something else. I can't remember the name, but just a correction there as well. And the person, Craig, who corrected me on this, has been eagerly awaiting my correction. I apologize. <laughs> it took me so long. But I actually wanted to get some more input from John Alexander on that, and I will do so and share that with you when I get some more information. Um, may I post the link Open Mind, at Open Minds TV? Of course you can. Um, please yeah, do. I'd like to see that too, Rodrigo. Yeah, thank you. Mark says, I've heard Colonel Halt and Redfern. Dolan says there's been a lots of anomalous activities at Bentwaters, Rendlesham for many years before and after the famous 80s event. Maybe the case. Uh, the hard thing is whenever a play area becomes famous for anomalous, something anomalous happening, you get a lot of people coming out of the work work saying, I saw something anomalous. I saw something anomalous. So is there, are there more anomalies there than other places? I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel that we have enough information yet for that, but uh, who knows? That could be the case. I think it would just take more research, I suppose. And you'd have to be sure and look at everywhere else, you know, that's true. Like Doug's house is, you know, Doug's a one, very eccentric yeah. person, but just because you have an eccentric person living in the house doesn't mean it's going to have more paranormal um, events happening there. No, it does, man. That it actually you can usually oh, link the two together. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> more corrections. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. I just, the timing seemed right. So, <laughs> well, I guess we're getting close to the end, right? I mean, this is it. This is yeah, we're time. at the end. Gonna... Yeah, folks. I will. I hope to see you all next Thursday. What Doug's what? What's Doug reading? Is that the name of our show? <laughs> yeah. That's For our next episode of that, uh, please tune in. Remember, we're going to be covering synchronicity. Two books on synchronicity. The classic is the camera, and a new one I just picked up about a year ago, and really enjoyed. So that's my little plug. <laughs> Great, good plug, and Thank that's you. the end of our practicing. show. So be sure to check UFO Congress. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our page and Doug's got a page too. Oh, you're over oh yeah. There. Check me out. If you're interested in learning more about the history and uh, tips and tricks on traditional shaving, I'd rather be shaving.com. Check out our show. And <laughs> someone popped in one last question. What's the upshot of the Harzan fiasco? I don't know that there is an upshot. Yeah. Um, 
we'll wait and see. I hope there's some upshot somewhere. I'm, I'm definitely a silver linings type of guy. Unfortunately, I can't see one in this one. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's, I'll keep it's just about another it. nail in the coffin, really. I mean, it, big changes yeah. need to happen. But that's not a upshot. That's that's depressing still. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I don't I see one yet. Follow me at Open Minds TV uh, on Twitter and on YouTube and Facebook, uh, all over the place. Follow my personal uh, stuff too. And uh, UFO Congress also has a Twitter you can follow. I'm mostly on Twitter. What do you use? Mostly Facebook? I Instagram, fa uh, Facebook. Mm. I'm I got to Instagram Facebook. some more. Yeah, and I do. promise to Instagram some more. I've got some Instagrams on there. Go check those out. Fun stuff. However, that is all. And until next time, do you want to say it with Shave me? Shave on. My... <laughs> no, I say adios, muchachos. Adios, muchachos. Good job. Y muchachos. <laughs>